Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome to the first of three installments of um, something that I'm calling Be Nourished Spring. Now, back in the late winter, January, February, I was thinking to myself, you know, spring feels like the most nourishing time of the year. Now, I know that the holidays are nourishing, Christmas, all that good stuff, summer certainly is super fun, but to me, the embodiment of nourishment is spring, right? Because you've spent all this time in the winter, some people more than others. Here in the South, we don't get as much like snow and terrible, terrible weather. We do get some cold and rain, of course. But, um, you know, just the, the new life that comes with spring, the animals are out, the grass is growing, the trees. I mean, if the weather is warming up, it feels promising. It feels like finally we have a change. Finally, something new is here. Things feel like they're, you know, nothing is impossible for you is how I feel. So I was like, you know, I need to do something because all of that is what I hope the podcast is in general. I hope that the podcast embodies encouragement and new life and excitement and passion and all the things that come with spring, you know, just this feeling of like something is coming and emerging and it's for me too and all that stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something for spring. And so I broke it down into three main categories, health, home, and hope. Now, because when I think of spring, I think of, okay, uh, fresh fruit is coming out, good veggies are coming out. So this is the time to kind of shift up my meal plans a little bit. I usually do hearty things in the winter, soups and casseroles and all that good stuff. And so when the spring comes, it's time to lighten it up. Um, and it feels good outside. So it's, it invites us to be outside more. For home, I thought, you know, a lot of people do spring cleaning. A lot of people feel the need to throw open their windows and just like redo their house, especially right now with all the Marie Kondo goodness that's going around. People are ready for a change in the spring. Um, They want to lighten up their load literally by getting rid of stuff and cleaning um, and then just kind of changing the decor of the home. So I wanted to talk about that, but also talk about what makes a home a home. What makes um, your home your home? Because no matter how much you clean it, no matter how much stuff you get rid of, that doesn't necessarily make it a home, right? So I wanted to talk about home. And then the last one is hope, um, which is a really special one. I've chosen to talk about my grandmother, which is a very tender subject for me. I may or may not have cried um, in the making of that episode just because she's such an important figure for me and she really embodies what hope um, is and what I think hope is. To me, hope is action-oriented and it's movement and it's practicing being right here and also looking to the future, which is very difficult to do. So anyways, um, this is the first of those three and this one is about health. So um, there's also going to be a fun little giveaway, right? You knew it was coming. I wanted to truly give away. Okay, so I've gotten a couple goodies. You can head to my Instagram at Be Nourished Podcast to figure out what those goodies are. But this giveaway is going to be different. I'm not going to make you share and tag your friends and all the things, right? I just want you to tell me either through an email, through my Facebook, or through my Instagram. I want you to tell me what spring means to you, what it means to be nourished, what um, you're excited about, what you're looking forward to, what new life feels like for you in this season. I just want you to tell me. And I'm just going to pick someone uh, based on that. I want somebody who um, truly embodies this and who truly has thought about this and is hopeful for something. So like I said, you can head to my Instagram to find out more details. I also have a blog post about it, which you'll find on my Instagram. Um, Or you can just ask me if you're confused or need more clarification. Okay? So today, I'm talking about health. 
Now, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. I do not like diets. And in general, I feel like they don't work ever. And I know that right now, there's a lot going around about keto and paleo and intermittent fasting and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing, my friends. The brain cannot do that. The brain cannot live under the um, extremities, okay? So when you tell your brain, we're going to go all the way over here to this pendulum swing where we're not going to eat any cheese or bread or anything except salads, your brain can't do that. It can do it for, for a period of time, but if you wonder why everybody always ends up gaining weight back pretty much on these crazy diets, it's because your brain can't hang, okay? And your brain is meant to protect you and to survive, and it, it sometimes feels like you're starving it, and so it will gain the weight back, then some. Okay, so I'm here to say that the the thing that we try to do, I try to limit my sweets intake, okay, because if I could pretty much have a steady diet of chocolate cake my whole life, I, I, I would. So I, um, I really try to watch my sweets. I try to limit it to one dessert a day, which for some of you may sound like that's, that's a lot, <laughs> but one dessert a day, you know, I'm talking like I could have a couple fruit snacks for an afternoon snack, um, but before that I probably had like maybe a cookie at lunch, and it just adds up, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I have like three pieces of cake a day, I'm just saying I have little things here and there that add up. So I try to really watch my sweets, I try not to fix this too many things that are heavy, um, we don't do well with dairy in general, so I don't do a lot of dairy. But that's not necessarily because I'm trying to lose weight. It's just because we just are old. I don't know. We're not old. I'm just saying. we can't. Our bodies can't do that anymore. Um, so I try to watch that. Um, but you know what? Like in general, I still eat what I want. I eat what I want when I want. I just, I'm conscious. And I think that's seriously the biggest difference. Because honestly, I feel the healthiest when my my food has not really changed, but my consciousness of it has, okay? So I work a stressful job. I'm a therapist. And if I'm not careful, I will um, deal with my anxiety through food. And so I have to be very conscious of when I'm doing that and try to pivot and do a different decision. I feel so empowered when I'm able to do that. I may still have had a sandwich for lunch and macaroni and cheese for dinner and a, and a piece of cake, which is, you know, is fine, but maybe not my best meal day. I may have still eaten that and I feel awesome because I, I was conscious about my eating decisions. You know what I'm saying? So it's not so much about, for me, it's not so much about what I'm eating as it is about my consciousness of the decision. And I feel so dang good when I have made conscious food decisions all day, even if that means I eat three pieces of cake. Okay. Just want to put that out into the world. Um, so anyway, I just want you to be careful, y'all. Like, it, just be careful. Your your life is too short to be obsessed with diets. And furthermore, your brain cannot do that. And that's why everybody gains the weight back. Okay. Okay. So the first recipe I'm going to share, because today I'm going to share a couple recipes. I'm also going to share a workout routine that I do that I love because I get bored super easy. And I cannot do the same thing pretty much more than once. Um, so I'm going to share that at the end probably. Anywho, um, I'll start with a knockoff Zaza Santa Fe South salad. That's a lot to say, but bear with me. Basically, there's this restaurant in Little Rock that is called Zaza's and they have wood fire pizzas and the best 
salads. Okay, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, where there is a good restaurant on every corner. And I have yet to find a a better salad place. I'm just going to tell you that. I mean, it, it's so good. Because let me be clear. I like my salads to be essentially all good things and then maybe just a little lettuce. Do you know what I mean? I don't need a lot of lettuce. I want other veggies and things in there. Um, and you pretty much can't have a bad salad to me. I just like all the things in there. So the Santa Fe South is my favorite salad at Zaza's. And it consists of chicken. You can get fried or grilled. Um, black beans. Corn, which I know corn is a controversial vegetable. A lot of diets and a lot of people will tell you that corn is not good for you. It doesn't even digest in your system, etc., etc. You can always take any of this stuff out. This is just what it comes with, okay? Chicken, black beans, corn. It comes with red cabbage, avocado, um, some cheese, some some thick sliced cheese, um, and then the dressing. I'm trying to remember if I'm forgetting anything. I feel like that's it. Maybe some cilantro. Yeah, some cilantro. Really basic and easy, but so stinking good. I don't know how to explain it. I think the creaminess of the avocado and the sharpness of the cheese, I think it's white cheddar cheese. Um, gosh, it's so good. And then the crunchiness of the chicken. Now, you could make grilled chicken. I'm going to tell you that it's not going to taste the same. But if you cho- if you want to make a lighter choice, this is a good one to do. Grilled chicken, you can also just take the chicken out in general if you don't want to have the, the protein in there. That's fine. You could add an egg if you so chose to add some protein. Um, sometimes I will take the red cabbage out and add carrots or you can leave the cabbage in and just add the carrots. I will tell you the trick to me to making a good salad and this is what they do at Zaza's. They put all the ingredients in there and then they put the the dressing kind of in the middle because, okay, there's nothing worse than putting a lot of heavier ingredients, right? Black beans are heavy. Chicken is heavy. When you put that in a salad, it tends to fall to the bottom. But at Zaza's, they throw all the ingredients together and then they take tongs and just rapid fire swish that thing around the bowl and it just mixes perfectly. I don't know how they do it. I guess it's the combination of the ingredients and the dressing. It just kind of all melds together perfectly. It makes the perfect bite. So rather than layering your salad, throw it all in there and then take you some tongs, tilt your bowl to the side and go to town, swishing it around, moving it around with the dressing. And then it will be a mixed salad instead of a layered salad because it's so annoying to serve a salad when all your ingredients fall to the bottom. Now, obviously, Um, you don't want to put the dressing on until you're ready to eat. So if your guests are coming over, you know, just be aware of that. But, oh my gosh, still the best salad. I try to make it at home. It's good, but you know, it's not, it's not as good. By the way, the dressing is Southwestern Ranch, um, which I do think makes all the difference. I don't know if they make it in house or what the deal is, but boy, boy, is it good. You could certainly use any dressing that you want, but because it's a Santa Fe South salad, um, you know, the, the Southwestern dressing works really well. So again, chicken, black beans, red cabbage, corn, avocado, slices of white cheddar cheese, and cilantro. And then obviously lettuce or any greens that you choose. You won't regret it. Okay, the next one I'm sharing is technically a winter meal, but I do think it transitions well into spring. Especially if you live in parts of the world where it's still a little bit cold at this time. Uh, Usually in the South, we're already getting our swimsuits out, but I know there are parts of the U.S. that are still pretty chilly up until April and so on. So anyway, this is a really good one. This meal is so 
easy. And my husband loves it. So I, I consider it a win. This is um, Aunt Jamie's Cranberry Chicken Basil Pesto Pizza. Now I shared this on my Instagram, but I don't think I've formally shared it on the podcast anywhere. So this thing is so easy. It's mostly store-bought stuff. You can certainly make your own all of the things, but you know, if you don't have to, then here we are. So you're going to get a store-bought pizza crust. You're going to need about a six and a half ounce um, carton of garlic and herb cream cheese. Now, again, don't forget to check your measurements. If you're making this for a crowd, you're going to want to double it. But um, this was perfect for just the two of us. So then you're going to need a seven ounce carton of basil pesto. This is all going to be in like the spaghetti sauce aisle. You can find this kind of stuff. Well, not the cream cheese. That'll be in the cold aisle. But the basil pesto and the pizza dough you should find in that aisle. Um, You're also going to need some chicken. So about one and a half to two cups. You can get a rotisserie chicken at the stove and just tear it up. Or you can make your own chicken. If you want to fry it or if you want to grill it, you know, you can make it at home. But if you're cool with the rotisserie, that's good too. Um, You're going to need a cup of dried cranberries, and then you're going to need a cup of mozzarella cheese. Um, Now, if you don't like cranberries, which I understand, you really can't tell. The dried cranberries really just add a little bit of a kick, but if you want to leave them off, I think this pizza would still be delightful, and it would be less wintry if you didn't have the cranberries, but, you know, I think the cranberries are fine. They, They add a nice kick to it, even if you don't really like cranberries. So, literally all you're going to do is you're going to, um, cook the crust just a little bit. So maybe like five minutes, six minutes, nothing crazy. Cause you don't want it to cook all the way through, but you do, you don't want it to be like, um, raw in the middle. Cause it will easily happen if you don't cook it just a little bit. You can brush the dough, um, with some garlic oil or some regular oil or butter, whatever you want, or just throw it in. It doesn't really matter. So then you're going to spread some of the cream cheese over the crust Um, Don't forget to leave an edge on the end so that you can grab it for the crust. And then you're going to spread some basil pesto on top of that. This is a magic combination. I don't even know what else to say. Basil pesto is so freaking good. And then when you add the garlic and herb cream cheese, it's like the cream cheese is creamy, obviously, and it has a little bite. And then the basil pesto is like warm. I don't know. It's so good. And then... I'll stop, you know, waxing poetic about it. And then you're going to mix the other half of the basil pesto with your chicken. This just adds an extra layer of flavor, and it helps the chicken to get really nice and flavorful in the oven. It's so good. Then you're going to sprinkle your dried cranberries over top of that, and then you're going to top with cheese. Now, certainly you could add other ingredients if you want. You could do maybe a red onion or something. Just be careful because there's the cream cheese and the basil pesto is already so flavorful that if you add much more, it might be a little overwhelming, especially if you have guests. You know, their breath's already going to be real cute from this pizza, so... You may not want to go overboard with that, but it's if it's for you and your boo, by all means. So then you're going to throw your pizza in and you're going to bake it for about 8 to 10 minutes. I want to say that I might have done it a little bit longer than 10 minutes just because we like our pizza kind of crisp. Um, it really just depends on your preference and it depends on how thinly you um, rolled out your pizza dough. If you like a thicker pizza, you're going to need more time just to make sure the middle is not raw. But if you like a thin crust, um, you know, 10 minutes should be good. And that's literally it. It is so stinking good. I don't know how to say it. It's just so good. You could serve this with a salad if you wanted to. Again, um, like I said earlier, just be conscious about what you're doing. If you're you're all like, oh my gosh, pizza's bad. It's got cheese. It's got all the things. You could sub the cheese. You could make it out of cauliflower. Whatever. You know, you don't have to be extreme. 
You can make smart, good choices. You don't have to punish yourself by, okay, well, I'm going to eat pizza for dinner, so I have to work out for an hour today in order to deserve that. You know, that's not good. That's not good for your brain. That's not a healthy mindset. If you don't, if you're nervous about the cheese or if you don't want, you know, as much stuff, you could ease off on the cream cheese, leave it off altogether. You know, there are things you can do to make a recipe a little bit healthier without having to just go nuts. Okay, so a little bit about my workout routine. I, um, like I said earlier, I get bored very easily. I, um, I do run on the treadmill occasionally, but it's not my fave because I'm just super bored. In fact, when I do run on the treadmill, I'm going with my husband because he has the gym membership, not me. And um, there's a cinema room, so I can watch a movie while I run. Otherwise, I, I just cannot do it. It's so boring. So um, if I'm not doing hot yoga. I do. I try to do hot yoga twice a week. If you don't have um, a yoga studio nearby or if it's too expensive, this one here is relatively reasonable. Um, but if you don't have access to those things, I use fitnessblender.com. They have free videos on YouTube. They probably have an app. I just don't know about it. Um, but they have tons and tons and tons of videos, all different time frames and all different levels. So if you're a beginner, they have beginner ones. If you want to like just kill it, they have those too. So that one is one that I've used um, for a while and you really don't need any equipment because I don't, a lot of times I'm like, I don't have dumbbells and I don't have, you know, I barely even have a yoga mat. So anyway, you don't need any equipment for any of that on Fitness Blender. I also run outside when the weather is not a nightmare. Um, I like to run. Sometimes in my dreams, I pretend I'm a runner. <laughs> I want to be a runner, but it's it's very hard. So anyway, I will run. Um, so I walk for a minute and then I run for a minute. And then I walk for a minute and then I run for two minutes and I keep that pattern up until I get to basically burnout. So for me, if I'm some days I run five, I would get up to five minutes running total or I get up to six. Um, and then I can sometimes if I'm wanting to run more, but I don't feel like I can run a full six minute run, then I will go back down. Okay. So I hope this makes sense. So I walk run, walk, run, walk, run until I gradually increase the minutes each time. And then once I hit five or whatever, I'll go back down. So I go from five to four to three to two to one. Um, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. depends on how much time I have. But the, what, what I'll say is it's so good because not only does it work your metabolism because you're stopping and starting, but it also um, makes me feel like a beast. Okay. Because even though I may not be running like 16 miles in a row, it just, my body feels the run. I don't know how else to describe it. Like when you're stopping and starting like that, your body's having to work really hard to get back to it. And you just feel really accomplished because um, your body feels like you really truly did a workout. And that's my number two keys. I get bored. I don't want to, I don't want to do something boring. And I also really want to feel like I, I kicked it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just do a basic workout where I'm not even sure if I actually worked out. If I'm going to work out, I want it to count because I want to get back to the couch. You know what I'm saying? So I share that just to say, if you are looking to get healthy and you're trying to do other things, but you get bored like me, or if you get intimidated by the gym, I use fitnessblender.com. And I also, um, when I'm out running, I break it up that way too. Not only do I feel accomplished and my body feels it, I also don't get overwhelmed at feeling like I'm going to go out and run five miles when that may not be realistic for me. Instead, I can break it up and I feel way better about it. Okay, so I love 
pineapple salsa. There's a restaurant in Nashville, this little tiny restaurant tucked back in the terrible parking area on a busy street, but it's worth it because their pineapple salsa is so good and I have been trying to replicate it for a long time. This recipe is good as far as replicating it, but the texture got a little weird. I'll explain that in a second. So, um, pineapple salsa to me, and I don't even really like pineapple by itself, but I don't know. Pineapple salsa says spring and summer to me. It's a very bright salsa. It's a little bit different. It's sweeter. And so I wanted to figure out how to make it. I don't like my salsa to be super thick. I want it to be pretty runny. I want it to still have some, obviously some consistency that's thicker, but I don't want it to be like pico de gallo. To me, they're very different. My husband is the opposite. He likes it to be chunky. He likes the pico de gallo type consistency. So I made this recipe um, and I tweaked it a little to try to make it a little bit runnier. Um, you'll see it on my Instagram. But anyways, it sort of worked. It tastes really good, but I don't know. I might do it differently next time. Um, so what you're going to need is floor, floor, four plum tomatoes, half of a red onion, green pepper, or you can do um, two jalapeno peppers if you would like, depending on how spicy you want it. You need some pineapple, cilantro, a lime, and then some salt, and that's really it. I will say when I made mine, I forgot the cilantro. That may make a difference in taste. I didn't super notice it, but anyway. Um, so literally all you're going to do is you're going to dice these things up, and if you like the thicker consistency, you're done. You're going to dice all these ingredients up, put them in a bowl, stir it around, maybe let it sit for about an hour to kind of let all the flavors come together. But mostly, that's all you're going to do. Um, if you really love pineapple, this would be a good option because you can have big chunks of pineapple. Obviously, you can dice it up depending on how you like, you know, your chunks, <laughs> I guess. But I threw all of those ingredients into a food processor, which is what you'll see on my Instagram. Um, I really just wanted it to be a little bit runnier. And in looking back, I probably should have just pulsed it in the food processor. I kind of let it run on puree for a little bit, um, maybe like 10 to 15 seconds. I probably should have just pulsed it because it came out the consistency of regular salsa. But I did notice that it made it really, I don't know. I don't know if it was the blender. It just made it taste a little bit different. I don't know if it's because I put it in with the metal blender or what. Um, and it also doesn't look super appetizing. I don't know. It's a, we it's a weird color because of the combination of the yellow and the red from the pineapple and the tomatoes. Um, but all that to say, it tasted really good. It tasted like pineapple salsa. It's not the same as the one in Nashville, which I may never be able to replicate. I don't know how to replicate it, but it's so good. Um, but anyway, it was really good, and it's it's a good idea. If you're serving it for guests, like I said, the color is a little bit off, but it could also be that tomatoes maybe aren't fully in season, and so if I had gotten maybe a, a more red tomato or if I had added a tomato in, instead of four tomatoes using five tomatoes, it may have helped with the color, but it was just a little bit um, yellow, obviously, because the pineapple, so tasted really good. Not the most appealing as in color, but the food processor overall worked. So if you like your salsa to be a little bit runnier and not as chunky, I would suggest it. You can find this recipe at isabelleats.com and it's called um, pineapple salsa or easy pineapple salsa. Okay, so again, when I think about spring, I think about lemons and blueberries together. Maybe this is not just a spring thing, 
but the freshness and the brightness of that combination always makes me think of spring and summer. So I really was on the hunt for a good lemon blueberry bread. I don't know if I just woke up one day and decided I really wanted to make this or if something sparked my interest. I have no idea, but I just really wanted lemon blueberry bread. So obviously I went to the Pinterest and I found a really good recipe, um, including lemon glaze from livewellbakeoffen.com. Super good. And I will say it's a little bit more like a cake than it is a bread, but it's, it's like bread consistency, but it tastes like a cake, which is obviously the best combination. So you're going to need flour, baking powder, salt, all those good things, coconut oil, or you can use vegetable oil, sugar. Um, this is what I think makes it creamier more like a cake and less like a bread you're going to use sour cream or you can use greek yogurt which is what i used eggs um lemon juice lemon zest vanilla and then obviously some blueberries and then for the glaze all you'll need is confectioner sugar and lemon so um all you're going to do is basic things you're going to combine your dry ingredients in one bowl and then your wet ingredients in a separate bowl and then you're going to mix it all together and a key thing two key things for this recipe which i actually have heard on like food network and stuff um, you, if you scoop your flour, like if you take your cup measurer and scoop it straight into the flour and then, um, use a knife to like get the excess off, apparently that actually gives you more flour than you need because it's more compact. Instead, if you hold your cup scooper out and take a separate scooper and scoop the flour into the cup measuring cup, if I'm making sense, apparently it's more accurately the measurement that you need. Okay, so I'll say that again. Taking a separate scooper, scooping flour into your measuring cup versus taking your actual measuring cup and scooping it into the flour. It's kind of like brown sugar versus regular sugar. Typically with brown sugar, you're supposed to compact it, like press it down, but with regular sugar, you can just kind of scoop. So I think that's the difference there. I'm not a, I'm not a food scientist, so don't quote me on that. But this recipe says to scoop into your measuring cup versus just taking your measuring cup into the flour. So maybe that's what makes it taste like a cake. I don't know. I do think the Greek yogurt um, is really what makes it so creamy. But anyway, so that's one. The second little interesting thing about this is they say to take your blueberries in a separate bowl and put like about two teaspoons of flour and mix it all up. I learned from the Pioneer Woman that this this helps the blueberries not fall to the bottom of your batter. So when you pour your batter into your loaf pan... Um, if you don't do this, your blueberries will all fall to the bottom and you'll still have a delicious blueberry bread, but all your blueberries will be on the very bottom. Um, instead, if you mix it up with some flour, I guess it creates a weightiness. I don't know who, who comes up with this stuff. Nobody knows, but it's fascinating. So mix your blueberries with some flour and then fold it into your batter and it, and it causes them to kind of stay where they need to stay versus falling to the bottom. Anyways, this bread let me tell you, is so good. And if you don't like these ingredients individually, lemon or blueberry, it's okay. Like the bread still tastes good. Blueberries are not my absolute favorite fruit, but I still really love this bread. It's so good. The The spice of lemon, I mean, I'm just telling you. Mm, mm, mm. And I will say the glaze, Um, I could have probably done without the glaze. It was a nice touch. It looked very pretty, but it was very sugary tasting to me. So maybe I needed a little bit more milk. I don't know. The way that this glaze was made was literally just confectioner sugar and lemon juice. So I'm wondering if the lemon juice was just not enough to um, kick off some of that sugar taste. Because usually with glazes, you add some milk or something. 
So maybe I needed to add some milk and then some lemon juice. I don't know. I try not to get too feisty in the kitchen or else things end up tasting weird. But the glaze was a little sugary for me. But overall, this bread is so good. Okay, so that is it for this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoy these recipes. Let me know if you end up doing any of them. They are staples around our house for sure. Um, don't forget to head over to Instagram at Be Nourished Podcast to check out the giveaway stiff. You'll definitely want to participate in that, I think. And um, I want to hear from you guys, so be sure and check that out. Next week, there will be another installment of the Be Nourished Spring, so be on the lookout for that. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and all that good stuff. It really helps me know kind of where we're at with things. And if you do rate, um, maybe leave a comment. I know that's like time consuming and nobody really wants to do that. But if you rate, um, if you rate it and it's like a four star, three star, two star, or one star, I don't know what I need to improve on. Right. So I got a four star rating not too long ago, which is no problem, but I, I wish that I would know what I need to work on. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, if you do end up rating, please leave me a comment. So I know, um, kind of how you're feeling about it. Hope you guys have an awesome week.